If you're suffering from a serious health challenge or just want to protect your good health, I want to tell you about Metatrol Fermented Wheat Germ Extract from American Biosciences. Imagine every cell in your body working at peak performance, achieving enhanced energy, quality of life, and optimal immune system performance. More than 50 research articles in peer-reviewed medical journals describe fermented wheat germ extracts remarkable health benefits in a wide range of serious health challenges. Metatrol is the most potent fermented wheat germ extract ever produced, and it's it's the only one that's gluten-free. Just two Metatrol capsules daily supports your immune system, cellular health, and energy production. Rescue your mitochondrial function and optimize your energy with Metatrol fermented wheat germ extract. For more information and to order, go to theharmonycompany.com. That's theharmonycompany.com. Or call 800-422-5518. 800-422-5518. Use coupon code HOFFMAN20 at checkout and get a 20% first-time discount and free shipping. That's theharmonycompany.com. Welcome to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman. It's our weekly opportunity to field your questions and discuss issues that you bring to our attention. Questions at drhoffman.net is the destination for questions, and I'm with Layla Mutin, who is my co-conspirator. Uh, each week, we answer your questions. Uh, Layla's our resident nutritionist, and together we see patients. Uh, we're going to answer questions in just a moment, but uh, how are you doing, first of all? Okay. How are you doing, Dr. Hoffman? Good. You know, we're just, you know, kind of dealing with the summer. We're a little bit in the summer doldrums. It's the middle of summer. But um, having a good summer. Yeah. Getting a lot of uh, exercise, feeling good, trying to stay, you know, well hydrated and uh, not suffer from heat stroke. Or <laughs> <laughs> yep. smoke inhalation or, you know, whatever. Oh, my, yeah, that. Or, you know, get hit by falling cranes here in New York. You oh, my this morning? goodness. Yeah, you saw that? No, I didn't see it, but I wonder, did anybody get hurt? They said some people got hurt, but miraculously yeah. nobody was killed. Wow. So, anyway, so here we are, um, and uh, we're uh, going to answer your questions momentarily, but, uh, you know, sometimes uh, it is useful for us to kind of illustrate this paradigm by discussing anonymously, of course, uh, a patient that we saw in tandem, mm -hmm. uh, because it's a beautiful illustration of how natural medicine has real efficacy in sometimes some serious circumstances. So let's take it away. Uh, we saw a woman this morning. She's been a long-term patient. Uh, I've been treating her, I think, on and off for the last 20 years. Mm -hmm. And obviously, she is oriented to integrated medicine and to natural lifestyle and diet. Yes. And aspires to uh, help herself through supplementation, diet, exercise, and all that good stuff. But uh, for one reason or another, uh, things went a little downhill for her. Life became a little chaotic. Yeah. Uh, eating became a little bit, uh, shall we say, unrestrained. Mm -hmm. uh, she gained a lot of weight mm -hmm. and started not feeling so well, and so she got checked out. Yeah. And as of when we got started with her, which was fairly recently, within, you know, was it the last year or six, six months ago? Yes. She presented with a hemoglobin A1C of 12. Wow. 
right? Very high. So, uh, for those of you who are acquainted with hemoglobin A1C, you know, they do, you will exhale a collective gasp when yes. you're 12 because you're, you're all kind of striving around the number 5 or 6, mm-hmm. you know, 7 at worst. Because uh, greater than 6.4 is diabetic. Yes. And in the zone 5.8 to 6.4, you're in that intermediate zone of metabolic syndrome. Pre-diabetes. Uh, pre-diabetes. But 12 is very poorly controlled diabetes. Yeah. And often uh, occasions the need for medication, even insulin. Mm-hmm. And so she came to see us with uh, that dilemma. She gained a lot of weight. She was, you know, very... Um, uh, you know, very repentant of her wayward ways and wanted to get, you know, on the right path. And, and wanted what, absolution. She wanted absolution. And, you know, so we said, you know, say say three Hail Marys. And, yes. You know, do an act of penance and you'll be fine. No, so what we did is yes. we put her on a very strict uh, program. Yes, we did. And so the question was, and I didn't know then, I, you know, will she be able to um, avoid being on medication because 12 is quite serious. Yeah. Quite serious. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes, I mean, i got to admit, sometimes natural medicine isn't enough. Sure. Sometimes patients can't fully comply. Mm-hmm. They, they're injured, so they can't exercise as much. They find the diet too demanding sometimes. Mm-hmm. A very low-carb diet. You know, mm-hmm. they have whatever. Uh, they can't pack it. They, they have yeah. social constraints. They social don't have the const- support of spouse. Yes. You name that they have kids in the house. What they can't do it. There's too much temptation or right. something. Or yeah. just simply lack of willpower or you know, sometimes they're just not that into it. Yeah, they're not that into and it. And medication looms as a possibility. So they say, Look, I mean I'll be in a little better diet, but I can't go, you know, yeah. full bore on this very, very clean diet. So anyway, so send her on her way with a, an array of supplements as yes. well, and, and a prescription for metformin, which mm-hmm. is a diabetes medication, but metformin doesn't do much for somebody with a hemoglobin A1C of 12. Right, right. It's, it's not that powerful. As mm-hmm. many of you who probably take metformin know, it may help your blood sugar a little bit. It's designed to help insulin resistance. True. But um, well, we did send her on her way on a very low-carb diet. Very low-carb. So you tell us about that diet, okay? Yeah. Uh, well, uh, it, it's a very low-carb diet because type 2 diabetes, which is what she has, is defined as a condition of carbohydrate intolerance. Yeah. Therefore, the antidote is a low-carbohydrate diet. Right. It's how, really that how simple. How low? How low? Less than 50 grams of carbs a day. Give us an idea what typically. that is. That could be you get up in the morning, you have a nice vegetable omelet. Uh, you might follow that with a few berries for dessert. Or you What's may a not. piece of toast with uh, jam? Oh no, a piece of toast with jam but is what, out of how many, how, how many grams is that? How many grams of carbs would that be? That could be that could be as much as fifty right there, depending right there. on the bread and how so much you jam. Sh- you shoot, that's gone. You shoot your wad right there. Absolutely. Okay. And you haven't eaten anything else yet. Exactly. You haven't had a vegetable yet. Right. Which right. is where we want your carbs to, right. Work, right. to get your carbs because from. Because it's very hard to have a, a no-carb vegetable. No, exactly. Because exactly. even you know some vegetables like whatever, string beans, they have some carbs. Absolutely. Right. Lettuce has some carbs, right. you know, or something. So you want so to get absolute, your 50 Even from- an egg has has 0.6 grams of carbohydrate in it. Oh, oh, oh my look, goodness. look at that. So there's really no such thing as a no-carb diet. Right. But we're trying to shift... 
the metabolism from a blood sugar, a blood sugar burning metabolism into lipolysis right. ketosis, which is a fat burning metabolism. And what does that do to the insulin? What that does is it makes our cells more sensitive to insulin. Okay. Because we're not eating that many carbohydrates, the pancreas doesn't have to Work crank out right. so much. Right. The pancreas actually gets a rest okay. for the first time in who knows right. how many years or decades. And the effects of all that insulin are to hold fat on the body, yes. to increase appetite. Right. Right. Because it causes low blood sugar. Yeah. In its heroic effort so, to bring blood sugar down, it overshoots, and there's all the circulating insulin, which is responsible not only for the storage of fat, but also for inflammation, right. for dysregulation of cholesterol, yeah, raises for high triglycerides. blood, raises triglycerides, raises blood pressure. Yes, insulin is the master yes. and commander of that. Yeah, and as a matter of fact, sodium is only the middleman. Something I'm, I'm yeah. going to be writing about for next week. So it's that type of a right. it's that type of a thing. But mm-hmm. you know, so what I told that patient was. Uh, that she should get a CGM, a continuous glucose monitor. Right. And she is a health professional. She's she a nurse, is. actually. Mm-hmm. And so she knows what that is. But when she applied for that, they said, sorry, to get one of these on Medicare, you need to have it be on insulin. So there was almost like an incentive to be on insulin. What would have happened to her if she was put on insulin? All that would have been magnified and exacerbated. Absolutely. And she wouldn't have been able to lose weight or, you know, any of the things. Right. One of the biggest problems... It would have helped to bring the blood sugar back under control, but... But all taking insulin is a double-edged sword. It will make you hungry by dropping your blood sugar too low. Yeah. More people on insulin wind up in the ER in insulin shock. That's why they have to carry sugar pills. Exactly. Or the, you know... Glucose tablets or... Orange juice has to be yes. always available, right. or something like that, right. or maybe some apple right. juice, but orange juice really so, does it. Anyway, so she, she went ahead, I mean, on her own, she, mm-hmm. she obtained the CGM. She had to pay for it, yeah. but, you know, well worth it, because she said it just revolutionized her approach to eating. Yes. Because she's now very aware. She's like it her, showed her. Yeah. For people who don't know, a continuous glucose monitor, you put on your arm, like the back of your arm, you barely feel it. You can go to the gym with it. You could shower with it. You could sleep with it. Swim and with it. it. I've seen people you, in pools. Exactly. Yes. And it tells you over a two-week period of time exactly what your blood sugar is doing. Right. And she got to see firsthand if she ate some popcorn, Look at yeah. what my blood yeah. sugar is doing, or when she ate the right way, how her blood sugars will come Do back you know to the normal. Corn is a whole grain. It is. It is. A whole it's grain. a whole grain. Yeah. Corn is a grain. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so anyway, so uh, so she comes back because mm-hmm. uh, you know, I think the last blood test was, in, which we'll compare, was in uh, February twenty three. Right. Now it's like uh, middle of summer, so it's like yeah, not quite six months. Uh, mm-hmm. She comes back. She looks really tan and fit. Yes. Oh, I just got back from the Adirondacks. I was kayaking in the Adirondacks. Well, what a great activity. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And um, so, you know, I asked if she was sticking. She said, I'm very much sticking to the diet. The CGM is really helping me understand. Mm-hmm. As to the metformin I put her on, she says, I didn't really tolerate it well. It can cause GI side effects. Yeah. So she took like what half the dose that I prescribed. Exactly. Like a few times a week. Yes, yes. And she really, you know, it, a lot of it would depend on, she really was not very tolerant at right. all for the metformin. So, so she took it as see, little as It wasn't the metformin that turned the ship no. around here in this case. It was the diet. Right. And the supplements. Right. So let's talk about the supplements. Yes. give you the results. Uh, she took something for eyesight because under diabetic stress, the eyes, you know, 
problems. Um, you know, lutein, zeaxanthin, you know, various things, mm-hmm. zinc, blah, blah, blah. An eye formula. She took uh, CM core, which is berberine. Yes. Uh, and it also has some alpha lipoic acid. Which is great. Uh, we gave her some uh, dioxinol, which is a chromium formula with other cofactors. Mm-hmm. Um, and we gave her uh, vitamin D. By the way, her, her initial vitamin D was 29, was too low. And which could also cause 50. some insulin resistance. Yes. Came up to 50 nicely. Uh, vitamin C, uh, benfotiamine, which is good for the nerves, mm-hmm. uh, fish Thiamine. oil, uh, alpha lipoic acid. We give her milk thistle. I don't know. She might have had. Yes, she did have fatty liver. That's another yes. thing. Uh, she had fatty liver as well by by virtue of test results. Mm-hmm. And alpha lipoic acid. Alpha lipoic acid is also too. good for the liver. Uh, she was even a little constipated. We gave her magnesium citrate, and we gave her kyolic H garlic extract for cardiovascular, and may also have some blood sugar effects. Yes. And blood pressure effects. Okay. Um, so flash. Fast forward to right. the present. Hemoglobin A1C was 12, now 5.8. Normal. Was, say that again. Was 12, now 5.8. That is powerful. Yeah. If that doesn't make you, the listener, a convert. Right. Right there. Okay. So, yeah. I, if 5.8 is very close to normal, normal is 5.6 or less. Yes. So, she's just nearly normal. Yeah. She may get there because yep. she's so determined. Her weight went from 217 to 168. That is yeah. roughly a loss of about 15% of body fat, mm-hmm. which is equivalent to a good result from Ozempic or Wigovi mm. or, you know, Monjaro, these Those loss things. medications, right. which can make you perpetually nauseous. And I asked her, hey, you know, you, you want to go on these things? And she said, no, I really prefer to use this natural approach. It's worked so well for me. Mm-hmm. Um as we said, her D went up because we gave her D. Yeah. yeah. Her cholesterol went from 213 to 174. Her triglycerides went from 182. Often in patients who have type 2 diabetes, we see high triglycerides and yes. fatty liver. Yes. By the way, her liver function normalized. So it's quite normal now. Yeah. Indicating that she probably doesn't have fatty liver anymore. She uh, burned triglyc- that fat off. Triglycerides mm-hmm. now 78, which is low where we like it to see it. Exactly. You know, under 100. Under yeah. 100, maybe better even under, you know, 75 or 80. Mm-hmm. Um, HDL was low. Now, she lowered her cholesterol substantially. She lowered her cholesterol by uh, 30 points. No, yeah. 40, 40 points. 40 points. 40 points. So you figure, like, she lost some of her, she probably lost some of her good cholesterol too, right? Because mm-hmm. that's what statin drugs do. Statin drugs lower cholesterol, yeah. but you're also going to lower the HDL. Right. Oh, She's not on a statin, by I know, the way. Yeah, I know. yeah, yeah. Okay. Au contraire, uh-huh. her HDL, instead of going down, went from 38 to 46, went up. Which is desirable. Improving her ratio, her ratio is more like 3 to 1 now, 3, mm-hmm. three and change to 1. It was about uh, greater than 4 to 1. Now, which is more favorable ratio, her LDL, the bad cholesterol, went from 142 to 113. Um and her, as I mentioned, her weight went from 217 to 168. It was about 15% yeah. of her body weight. Yeah. So. And she feels great. And she feels great. And she also is really committed to the diet and to exercise. Mm-hmm. She is. I want to also mention, this is not a young person. No, she's 70. Yeah. Yeah. So think about that. It yeah. is never too late. Yeah. It just isn't. Yeah. No, it was. Very, very, it's very gratifying. Very gratifying to us personally. And you know, yeah. we just had a really good session with her. 
Uh, the one uh, we want to dot our I's and cross our T's a little bit. We want to see mm-hmm. if the years where she had been a smoker and where she has uh, had high blood sugar, possibly borderline blood pressure and high cholesterol, if that has affected her arteries because there may be some mm-hmm. need to uh, prospectively... I mean, she's doing everything right lifestyle-wise, but maybe she, is. she has already got some risk and she might need some more protection. Mm-hmm. That's an- another issue. That's kind of like... Um, you know, dotting our I's and crossing our T's yeah. at this point because she's on a really good path and I'm very confident that she'll adhere to it because in, in contradistinction to, she's dieted in the past, she's been up and down the weight mm-hmm. uh, thing, is that at this age and being a health professional, she has worked with so many people who have health problems that yes. she's really getting it. That yeah. this is she sees it. This is how the quality of her life will unfold in her 70s and 80s. Yeah. And it's going to make a big difference in terms of not just her longevity, but in terms of her health span. Yes, her health span. Because you don't her have much quality of, a, of life. When you don't have much of a health span when your hemoglobin A1C is 12. Yeah. That you're 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 virtually certain to get uh, blindness, nerve problems, uh, heart problems mm-hmm. or stroke problems. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, there's the fatty liver, there's even the cancer potential yeah. with that. Yeah. So, uh, the power of natural interventions, I, I did prescribe a medication. She barely took it. It really wasn't about the medication. Yeah. It really wasn't about the medication. <laughs> and this is, this is the take home message is that it is all powerful that when you change your diet, when you change what you put in the pie hole, yeah. everybody. Yeah. And, you make these changes, it, we can, we reverse diabetes type yeah, 2. Yeah. We reverse it. Yeah. It, it, it's a slam dunk for yeah. natural medicine intervention. Yeah. 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 Whereas, and, and by the way, and this reminds mm-hmm. me of another patient that we have who is mm-hmm. like that, who really embraced the diet and the exercise. He's also like big into jujitsu now. Also mm-hmm. came in with a hemoglobin A2C, I think it was like 11 or 12. Yes, it was. And, I know who you were talking yeah, about. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, is I mean he just got religion around this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so and he sees the difference because he yeah. sees the numbers normalized. Yeah. yeah, normalized. Yeah, which is wonderful, wonderful to see. So uh, just incidentally, so mention she's yeah. also on natural thyroid. Mm, yes, which has helped her metabolism. Yeah. So it's not the synthetic thyroid; it's the uh, armor thyroid, mm-hmm. um, you know, bioidentical right. thyroid. Right. Which has helped to keep her metabolism from being lethargic and sluggish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good. And I just want to mention, and we were talking about this earlier, Dr. Hoffman, you and I, about that. I'm very concerned that more and more younger doctors are prescribing insulin as the yeah. first line yeah. of defense yeah. in type 2 diabetes. Right. In type 1, yes, you have to take it. But even with our type 1 diabetes patients, you still want to be able to take the least amount the least of amount insulin of possible. Yeah. Otherwise, there's a weight gain problem. There's right. an obesity problem. Yeah. All of that. So even with type one diabetes, there's a way to do a low carb diet so that you can you can reach an optimal weight yeah. and reduce inflammation minimize, and so forth. Not eliminate, but minimize your dependency on exactly. insulin, even if you're insulin dependent. Exactly. Yeah. Because the but, lower your carbs, the less insulin you have to take. Right. Which is exactly. Which was the strategy before the development of insulin, which yes. to put, they knew, uh, Banting, you know, was a pioneer in diabetes, yes. knew that uh, you could put 
I mean, look, these survival was tough, and a lot of these kids did not make it in their 20s and 30s. Yeah. But their only hope of not dying in childhood was to be on a very low-carb diet. And I've gone to a, a museum to see some of the writings of Banting and some of the records. Oh, wow. And it's like the most, you know, talk about a dietary record. It's like every morsel of food that they took in uh-huh. and the carbohydrate content of the foods with an effort to minimize carbohydrates mm-hmm. because that was the only game in town before insulin. Yeah. I mean, again, you, you, you need insulin. Yes. And these kids didn't do that well, but right. it was the only way to prolong their survival. Exactly, exactly. And we all need insulin, but we don't need that much, Right. which is the point. It's, it's, a, it's a little bit of Goldilocks. Carbohydrates cause insulin to go high by virtue of causing blood sugar to go high. Proteins cause a small rise in insulin, but a small rise, right. and it's generally stable. Fats don't really do anything to insulin. I mean, you'd have to be a complete... You would have to completely overindulge. Okay. We're talking Thanksgiving dinner right. or something for right. then insulin levels to really go up. But there's a lot going on at a hol- in, in a holiday meal like that. Anyway, so but anyway, so this particular it's patient is more the political arguments probably than anything. It's <laughs> true. Okay, so I don't think that will cause a rise in insulin. It will cause a rise in cortisol and. <laughs> Definitely. And adrenaline. Yes, 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 yeah. yes. Oh, my gosh. Which which is also something that keeps fat on. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> okay. So, uh, we, let's not go down that rabbit hole, mm-hmm. and let's answer some questions. Okay. We've got uh, an email here from Lisa. Lisa has severe osteoporosis. Severe. Severe osteoporosis. How do we know? Well, she told us that, uh, she tells us that in her email. So I don't even know if that's true. Yeah. But let's 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 um, mm-hmm. stipulate that. Right. Because because people are sometimes told they have severe osteoporosis when they actually have the most borderline yeah. osteoporosis. Well, she's four ten and she's seventy eight pounds. So she's frail. She's frail. Yeah. She's pretty frail. Frail. So she started developing arthritis in her hands and her fingers. Specifically at night and early morning, pain only with movement. And she was wondering, is it because she was eating more foods that are high in oxalates, like spinach and almonds and sweet potato and cocoa butter? Well, this is a the little less common type of arthritis is oxalate arthritis, where they actually can't... <clears throat> it's like a pseudo-gout. It's like crystals of oxalate form in the joints. Hmm. And you, when you take a swollen joint, you put a needle in and you aspirate it and you pull it out, you see oxalate crystals, which proves that this is oxalate mm-hmm. arthropathy or oxalate arthritis. Um, but, you know, she adds sort of towards the end a clue that makes it less likely that this is just about oxalates. Go yeah. Ahead. She has a rheumatoid factor. Bingo. So she has an autoimmune condition. Mm. And indeed... Uh, patients with rheumatoid arthritis are more prone to osteoporosis because it has an erosive effect on the joints. It's uh-huh. inflammatory and it erodes the joints and the bones. So she, um, I, I don't, I cannot say that that's the culprit in her rheumatoid arthritis. Yeah, yeah, in her joint pain, and it's only with movement. It's at night, early in the morning, so apparently it works itself itself out. There's no redness or swelling. 
Okay. So, but you know, yeah. there's there's discomfort. There's discomfort, and she found that when she did reintroduce nightshades, which she had stopped long ago, her symptoms would get worse. So, well, that's that that's is very that's telling. plausible that's in telling. rheumatoid arthritis. Yeah, it's it's not always the case, but it can be yeah. the case. So, now, what would, type of diet would you recommend for rheumatoid arthritis? Oh, definitely nightshade free, but also gluten and casein free. Right, and absolutely towards paleo. Yes, right. Which Removes all of those, right? Except right. for the nightshades, but we still take the nightshades out. The autoimmune paleo diet, right? Okay, right. Um, you know, with osteoporosis and rheumatoid arthritis, I wonder what her vitamin D is. Yeah, could be really lousy. You know, mm -hmm. she's and she's so short. Maybe you know she's been long term deficient in vitamin D. Yeah, that's worth investigating. Mm -hmm. Any inflammatory things like curcumin and omega three fatty acids and. Boswellian, SPM, yeah. could be helpful. And with such a low weight, is she on a really stingy diet? Like a no, at four ten seventy eight. Mm, yeah, it's not as bad as it's yeah. not as yeah yeah. yeah but yeah, yeah. you know, you know, you figure for women, for fi every five feet of for five feet of stature, they get a hundred pounds. She's four eight. So you take off about five pounds each inch below. So, it, you know, we're wait, talking maybe wait, wait, wait. 85 might be better for her than 78. What do you say? For every inch of stature you take off? Yeah, below. below. But for, for instance, a woman would get wait, 100 you, pounds for every 5 feet of stature. For every inch thereafter, wait, you wait, get 5 pounds. Wait, wait, hold it. For every 5 feet? You're talking about the 25-foot woman here? No, 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 no. no. For, <laughs> that's true. That's true. I said it wrong. So for five feet tall, you get a hundred pounds. Right. For every inch thereafter, you get five pounds. It stands to reason for every inch below, she's four eight. Mm -hmm. That you could probably minus five pounds. So she might be better at eighty five pounds rather than okay. so seventy pounds. To be under 100, you know. Right. Okay. But on her little body, even five pounds yeah. is a lot right. in either direction. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. So uh, I guess interesting point about oxalate arthritis, which is. Said to be rare, I think it's more common than is you suspected, but it's mm -hmm. it's only really been proven or demonstrated on yeah. the basis of an aspiration of pulling out some fluid because there's no blood test. Let's talk a little bit about uh, oxalate for a minute with uh, something that's a favorite topic of yours, oxalobacter. Yes, oxalobacter formagenes is the beneficial bacteria that if you have adequate, uh, if you have an adequate amount in your gut, it helps to metabolize properly the oxalates wow. in your spinach, right. in your tea, in your cocoa, so that you will not be prone to kidney stones. Why is it some people, they eat spinach, they have a cup of tea, they get kidney stones, other people don't. Mm -hmm. It has to do with the microbiome. You want to make a lot of money, let's do a startup that explores the and gets uh, approval, FDA approval for uh -huh. a probiotic that eats up your oxalic acid. Right, right. Well, here's the thing. But you know, the point is, uh -huh. it's being done. There's it's actually being a done. company that is is working on it. It's working. Yeah. In India, you mm -hmm. can buy the stuff over the counter. There's there have oxalobacter supplements. Yes. It's approved in India. I don't know why it's not. I mean, there's different regulatory requirements. Well, we also have to remember that taking the regular probiotics, we're talking the bifidobacterium yeah. species, the lactobacillus Might species, help. it helps with the proliferation yeah. of yeah. the yeah. oxalobacter form right. genes. So getting that, getting the fermented foods, all of that, a proper diet, can help in the, in the production. Right. 
of the oxal the, the term uh, for that it was actually coined by a good colleague who I've interviewed a lot, uh, Dr. Leo Gallagher. He talks about Alexander organisms, organisms that are like Alexander the Great. They they are leaders that can pull together nations and armies yes. to conquer the world. Well, there are certain you can actually change your microbiome with a few key Alexander organisms that mm-hmm. may guide the whole microbiome mm-hmm. in a good direction. So you may not have to give, say, uh, Prosnitsii, which is supposed to be a really good species. Mm-hmm. You can use other species to increase the levels of this beneficial bacteria or right. oxalobacter formagenes. Yeah. How do you yeah. pronounce it? Oxalobacter formagenes. There's a big thing now, a lot of hoopla about acromancia. Acromancia, yeah. Right? Right. For As a supplement, but I'm not sure if you need to take acromancia uh, or if you can take other things or just change your diet to get change more Change your diet to yeah. get more acromancia yeah. species, right? Right. So it's kind of like, do you take the N-acetylcysteine to boost your glutathione or do you take glutathione to boost right. your glutathione? Precursor versus the... Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, things like that. So, Lisa, you need a workup. Well, surprise, surprise that our initial discussion has taken up some of the time, so we're going to spend the entire uh, time allotted to us in Part 2 to uh, tackle questions. So questions come to questions at drhoffman.net. We're going to break, and when we come back, give us a preview of what uh, questions we're going to take up. Is it harder for some people, is there a genetic factor making it for harder for some people to process plant-based versus meat-based B vitamins? And do you think this might have something to do with the mixed results about cooking oils? Wow. Interesting. Okay. Interesting. Well, there's a lot there. We'll tackle that in part two. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoppin today with Layla Mutant because it's our weekly Q&A with Layla. Questions at drhoffman.net is the destination for questions. I will be right back.